Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, this is Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast where we talk about the Bible, talk about our upbringing, and we drink about it a bit. My name is Justin. I was a minister for many years, a youth pastor, associate pastor, problematic giver of hot takes, and now now I'm not that. So, And that's good. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit, and we're going to visit the Bible and just see if there's anything good in there anymore. <laughs> I'm joined by my lovely co-host on the godless leftist coast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I hope, I hope that we continue to grow more, more godless by the day. Yeah. I'm Tori. I'm, I'm in Portland for those of you who don't know this and we're, I'm very glad to say like the least churched city in America, ostensibly it was Seattle, but then Mark Driscoll happened. Ugh. <laughs> I should not be laughing at that because fuck that dude. Yeah. So anyway, I grew up like fundamentalist and I was homeschooled and the only place I was really allowed to go was church. And uh, now I am not into that anymore. And unlike, unlike those guys, I think it's totally fine that they all go to church and that they have that option. I'm not trying to take that option away from them. Unlike how they feel about people having options, which is you only get to do what we like and we think is acceptable yeah. and anything else is you oppressing us. Yeah. Oh, you chose not to go to church. That's persecution. Can I just, can I just, can I just add a tiny little anecdote right here? So my mom basically like she kept, she had, she had like these spiral notebooks for each of us and she kept our debts in them. So like what we, the money we owed her for things. Uh Um, Yeah. So anyway, but she like kept this going for a really long time because my brother was like moved, moved out of the state for work. And my mom was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks every time you go to church and I'll just write it off of your debt. (laughs) Your non-existent (laughs) debt to me. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know why she like, she like gave me, she like gave me this this spiral notebook. I got to go back and look and see what precisely I owed her for. But it was, it was very random stuff. It was all like four dollars, like nineteen dollars for insurance or gas or something. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so I guess we're going to talk a little bit about maybe a little bit about debt later on the episode. Yeah, we'll cool. talk about debts and payments and Can- whatnot. And canceling, canceling yeah, them. Canceling. But I, I feel like <laughs> what we need to talk about. Cancel though, culture. I can't is... believe none of the Republicans said that. Oh, about yeah, the well, student loan thing. Yeah, cancel culture. <laughs> this is cancel culture. Yeah, I could see that. Run amok. Yeah. Sorry. Too anyway. much canceling. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's a nice story, but I don't know if you knew this, but <laughs> men are lonely. Mm, and okay. we need to talk about the epidemic of lonely men and how now that women have standards, men are lonely. And oh, poor and babies. That, and that is, um, that's a thing now. Um, mm, there was, mm-hmm. a, there was, I think it was psychology today. Like yeah, they weren't, was. they weren't, I want to say they were not advocating that women lower their standards. They were just saying that one of the reasons why there are so many lonely men now, single men, is because women have higher standards. So yes. it was not a, it was not a prescribing that they have it was lower an observation. standards. It was observation. Basically that men don't put in the work. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I find this interesting. I, I think I find the the kind of the takes around it interesting. Obviously, I think a lot of us leftist folks were just kind of laughing at it. Like, like go to therapy no then. Shit, Sherlock. Like, like. Yeah, like, like, yeah, you got to do the work. Like, and because women have been doing the work generally as, as a mm-hmm. cohort, I should say, I'm not going to, you know, try to not to generalize too much or, but just like generally, like women have been doing the work. And then realizing that their dudes are not doing the work. There was a, a distant acquaintance, internet acquaintance, really. I don't want to, I'm not naming them. So I don't know why I'm worried about how much claiming how much I know them, but, but they, they do coaching and consulting for women. And they were kind of going kind of around the room and talking about how like they, like almost all of these women ended up divorcing their husbands, like because they got the time and the space to be like, I'm going to try to work on myself and realizing mm-hmm. I'm with a loser and, and even giving them the opportunity to also work on themselves. It wasn't just like, see you bye, but it's just like, okay, let's mm-hmm. try to work on this. And you refuse to do so. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the idea that men have some kind of obligation or women have some kind of obligation to men to stay is, with shitty men. Yeah. To stay with shitty men. Sorry guys. It's over. Like we had a good run, like <laughs> all of, all of history. Um, <laughs> RIP. <laughs> shitty dudes. You know, y- you've had your time and yeah. you know, I'm really sorry yeah. you weren't born even 20 years earlier, <laughs> but you could capture, you could just kidnap somebody mm-hmm. and they were stuck with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't couldn't have couldn't have a bank account or own property. Yeah, like that's that's what's so wild. I mean, even I I look back even at our history. I'm like, it was not that long ago. Yeah, that a woman could not have her own bank account. Uh huh. Like, n- no wonder they stayed with shitty dudes. Like, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it, that's that's survival at that point. You yeah, know, that's not, out that's, of necessity. So that's barbaric. It's just wild to me how these like Thea bros and professional incels, I don't know what you call them when they're not, when they're not Christian talk about there's this dude on TikTok. He's getting roasted. I only know him because he's being roasted, but he gives you these hot takes about how like 
you know, m- you know, insecure women don't can't handle the truth or whatever. It's like, but you're you're, you're being the an one ass. that's single. Yeah, you're being an ass. Like, there's a difference between telling someone the truth, and and I've had to learn this too. Like, I've I'm you know everything. I think everyone learns this, particularly blunt people. Like, there's a difference between telling the truth and being an ass. That there is a difference. Like, and unfortunately, Christian culture, I think, emphasizes the being in the ass part. <laughs> Yeah, it's the whole speak the truth in love. And it's like, well, if I'm going to be loving, I have to tell you that you're going to hell because I don't like your relationship. And it's like, that's, I don't know that that's how that was intended. We can't know that at this point, I suppose. I mean, I did, I did appreciate that article because they were like, over 60% of dating app users are men because women have higher standards now. And also, more of us are open about our sexuality and willing to date people who aren't men. Just saying. So it's too much yeah. competition. There's too much competition. I can't right? compete with that. Well, and the thing is, it's like you don't have to. God, it's like you, you don't have to because the, the incel thing is. Well, you gotta you gotta win the genetic lottery. You gotta be hot, or you have to have tens of thousands of dollars to have like cosmetic surgery done. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I really appreciate like one of my, one of my Twitter buddies, I don't know this person in real life, but Brandon Bradford, he, he takes a lot of, he takes a lot of time and is very like sincere with these people about like, Hey, do you like, do you want to have a conversation about like why you're experiencing this? Like why you're experiencing all this just like flat out rejection from women. And like, mm-hmm. maybe don't make that your entire personality on the internet. That's an idea. <laughs> Cause yeah. women also have Google, but yeah. So it, it, this, I have been observing some of these conversations between like someone who is very attractive and like has their shit together and also is in therapy and is like using their time on the internet to like talk to these very sad much younger I shouldn't say much younger because I don't know how old he is younger guys about like their massive insecurity and the fact that they like can't get laid and I mean as a totally other conversation makes you really make that alone really makes you wonder like oh okay so most of you are getting laid through coercion and force cool that's great yeah. anyway and he but he's like so sincere and he's having these really good conversations and it's 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 funny and hard because they like they so frequently don't get it it's like you don't have to be hot you don't have to be tall you don't have to make a hundred thousand dollars a year like you really don't like be a decent person like yeah, like be interested in the person you're on a fucking date with. Yeah, like an ounce of kindness and confidence will make up for a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, truly, truly. Like, and like have things you're interested in. Like your personality should not be like, oh, no one will fuck me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's, not that, a personality. that's 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 a personality you can have, I guess. I, yeah, um, it's a choice that. That will not get you laid. No, (laughs) it won't. And it's like, like, again, it's like you don't have you don't have to be hot, right? Like you don't mm -hmm. even really super have to have all of your shit together if you actually treat women like people. But that for these men is a bridge too far. Yeah, like (laughs) they just can't get there. And it's really astounding to like see it in real time. It 
it's almost like this whole like divine right of kings things, you know, truly like like, but it, it has the pathetic sadness of King Louis or whatever, like telling the mob in front of him getting ready to chop off his head that they shouldn't do that because he's the king. Like (laughs) you can say that that's a, that's a, that is an argument you can make at this moment, but it just makes you look sad. It's Uh, too little too late. Yeah. It's like, you could have been doing things like in the years leading up to this point, but here we are. And we would have been fine with you, but no, like what? Yeah. And I, I, I just finished under the banner of heaven which we could we'll talk about more in another podcast, but it's like watching these dudes. If you if you haven't seen it, it's it's about fundamentalist Mormons and a murder. It's a true that, story that actually happened. Yes, that actually um, happened. Yes, but like I'm like watching these dudes, and on the one hand, I'm like they are comic book insecure, like like comically insecure. But I'm uh-huh. also thinking like I know guys like this that you know manipulate women with scripture or manipulate women with you know these you know odd like rhetorical you know things or like threats but that sound like kindness you know i mean this is like oh and it's also like pickup artist bullshit too like yeah like oh if you put a girl down you'll like i'm like i'm watching these pickup artists and one like most pickup artists are not attractive men typically you know but so it's like true but like we're gonna we're gonna trick them we're gonna trick them into liking us like mm, again that's a tactic you can have you can manipulate them with scripture i mean that might get you some women and you might trick them and make Mm -hmm. them feel bad you know and that might get you something but like you could also just treat them like people wow but what but i can't because they're not equal to me and my superior intellect Uh uh-huh it's just it's too much for them to handle, <laughs> hey, buddy. I think like, just I, just like watch some YouTube videos and learn how to cook a couple good meals and like be willing to fucking shut your trap and listen to someone talk mm-hmm. and be interested, like sincere. Like it just like, it's just not that hard. It just isn't. Yeah, like we continually say the bar is low. The bar is real low, and it's, yet and yet here you are. I, it, I think it's almost like. Rather than just jumping over the bar, they're just mad that a bar exists at all. I was promised no bar. Yeah. It's on the floor. I literally would have to dig to go under it, but I just refused to acknowledge its existence. Like. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I do weird your comment on like divine right of kings, right? Like white men especially are 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 socialized to believe that they are entitled to all of these things. And then when they don't get them, they become, I'll say salty, just to be generous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you don't realize that, like, oh no, that what honey, that was not for you, right? Like that was for that was for like the one percent. Like, let's be honest. Like that's mm-hmm. who that was for. That doesn't apply to you. I understand that you were feeling very like disillusioned right now. And that is, that's valid. Right. And like, yeah. maybe you legitimately need someone to hold your hand. Also valid. Nobody's job. But if you can talk somebody into like being gracious, you can get that too. But yeah, just, just go to therapy. Yeah. You could just things that. that are not difficult. I mean, I guess it, it probably, I guess it probably is really difficult for some people to go to therapy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, therapy is definitely something I throw around and maybe I shouldn't throw it around as much because I do realize 
well, not everybody has access. That's not why everybody, I feel bad. Yeah. And that's actually a good way to put it because I was going to say it's not affordable, but that's not actually the case because there are right. a lot of, there are programs out there to make it more affordable. There are people that do sliding scales, but there's not enough of them nor is mm-hmm. there enough funding. So I, mm-hmm. right. I, I do acknowledge that. But even like read a book, man. Read like, a book. Read a book. Yeah, and there's free ones too. Or like follow some therapists on Twitter. Exactly. You might like, get some ideas. Like YouTube, honestly, there are some therapists on YouTube Truly. that are brilliant. Truly. And that give do it like, away for free. And, yeah, give it away for free. It's good. They'll even do like pop culture ones. What's your favorite cartoon character? There's probably mm-hmm. a good therapist that has talked about that cartoon character mm-hmm. in excruciating detail. <laughs> that might help you like you know and that's and that's the thing it's just it's it is a you're not really even trying like you're just Mm -hmm. mad that you have to try you're mad that you have to put an effort Uh uh-huh and 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 again i will speak as a white man as someone who you if you were to like google northern european my picture my face comes up my face might show up so like I understand it at a certain level and I understand anger at a certain level for like a month or two or even a year. Like fine that, you know, the life that you were promised, you know, the mad men life you were promised was a fantasy. And like, it's okay to be angry about that. Yeah. Like, um, it, it's okay to, to be upset about the fact that like you were promised something that you were never fucking going to get. Like that's uh, an okay thing to be angry about. Yeah, and but, your therapist would tell you this. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's fine to be mad at that, but don't take your anger out on women. Uh-huh. Right. Like it's not our fault. Y'all yeah. have been in charge this entire fucking time. I do not know what to tell you, but it is not our fault. Yeah. Like take your, anger out on your secret crush elon musk like mm-hmm. like take your anger out mm-hmm. like take your anger out in the towards the the people selling this myth not the people right. that don't live up to the myth like right. that's that's really my only advice i guess I, I i will say add an addendum like when it comes to people you follow like follow try to follow people that have your neurodivergencies <laughs> if you mm. have been diagnosed or are part of your socioeconomic class. Because hmm. I just I just saw this tweet from this dude. I don't even know what to say. Basically, the tweet started like, to avoid burnout, get seven types of rest. And he lists <laughs> off- It's like the, the five love languages. Yeah, but it's like the seven <laughs> types of rest that you need in order to not feel burnt out. Like physical rest. And it was like doing, but- basically, basically it was like, you need to just not work. In order to <laughs> get all of these types of rest. Has Marxist Twitter found this tweet yet? Yes. I just need to know. Yeah, some, some people found this tweet and were like, this is great advice for rich people. Like, <laughs> I, I, I even said, I've said, you are one tweet in and already I'm burnt out on the concept of rest. Like, <laughs> you've given me seven types of rest to engage in. I just, I would like to have one, please. Make a checklist. Yeah. Because you got to th- get through all of them every day. Uh, seven yeah. types of rest, seven days in the week. You can do this. Yeah. I mean, there, there were plenty of people that were like, you know, like, oh, this is great. But there were a lot of folks that were like, um, this is like, yeah, these are useless since 99% of people you aren't going to be able to do it, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Right, or which like, is like that's the accessibility piece. Yeah, or like someone talked about like burnout doesn't just go away. 
after a day. Rested. I slept Rest. all weekend. Yeah, I slept all weekend. Rest. Like, I mean, there are plenty of people that are burnout that slept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overworked mm-hmm. and burnout, self-care yourself back into action like a good little casp- capitalist subject. <laughs> <laughs> like- right. And again, it doesn't have to be this way. No, it doesn't. Like, um, this is a choice that we collectively made. So, like, you suffering is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not dismissing, like, your pain. I'm not dismissing the fact that, like, you were promised something that nobody fucking owes you. But, like, yeah, there's there's still, like, you're still responsible for yourself. Yeah. I think even Elon would agree with that statement. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Like, and, and some dude selling you a, you know... 10k coaching package uh, to like get women or something like you're sorry you're throwing your money away and i'm really sorry you got built but you got like conned by this person but like you gotta do do the work dudes and i don't know this i mean this guy that did the seven types of rest i mean we are in the same socioeconomic class he's probably better (laughs) off than me but you know what i mean like it's Right, right right yeah like people that are within your same maybe that are a little bit ahead of you not so far ahead of you that their advice is meaningless right Um, yeah there's a certain point at which like working people no longer need to listen to a certain tax bracket so yeah dudes be better like Mm -hmm. i mean it probably it's easy and it's yeah it's not it does take effort Um, it's not cost prohibitive but it takes some time and energy but if you if you if you want a lady if that's well, first off, if that's your end goal in life, re- rearrange that. Number one, find something to be interested in. Yeah, be find interested. A hobby. Be interested, and you will be interesting. And then maybe something will happen. It's very true. Cool. Let's uh, take a little so break. Now for... we're going right back to capitalism is the king. Yeah, and uh, we all have to, you know, pay, pay, pay dues to gotta pay the bills so <laughs> our lord and savior our lord and savior capital capital all right we'll be back first corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that here at the speaking in church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Thanks for uh, putting up with all of that capitalism. Appreciate it very much helps us make ends meet here on here on the podcast the other way that we make ends meet on the podcast as i'm sure you know we have a patreon and i believe we have a new patron this week yes we do we have a new patron nicole is a youth pastor in this in the church in the church that we're building drunken bible yes Bible the drunk. We do require that you drink before opening your Bible. Bible, comma the drunk. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you're sober, you know, then you know, imbibe In whatever case, substance you wish. You're blessed. Do whatever you want to do. Yes, it's fine. 
Um, there's but, freedom in Christ. There's freedom. You're sober. Christ. The rest of you need to fucking. <laughs> yes. I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> that's a joke. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't even joke about abusing substances. I'm so sorry. Anyway, it, it, the Bible. If if you if you aren't drinking while you read the Bible, while the reading longer, it, the while the longer you drink it, the more you're gonna feel. The drunker you you'll the be. The longer you're drinking. I'm not as drink as I drunk you in. Exactly. Right. Literally that. That's all. That's yeah. the entire Bible. So, but Nicole, she needs a life verse. Um, hey. I have right. the Holy Writ in front of me. So we're going to give. Call upon give. the Holy Spirit. Yes. We're going to give Nicole a Bible verse. And... Okay. Here we go. This is Acts chapter 21, verse 10. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Agabus. Yes. Agabus. That's After like a Star had... Wars name. Yes. I love it. Yes. So a number of days, any number you want. Any number. With the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. Is that the name? This is why God is a neglectful father is because he can't, he has just like major time blindness. Yes. Like doesn't know what time it is ever for any reason. The most ADHD of the 80s. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Literally. And like not medicated. So this is why God's a bad dad. So whatever number of days you would like to be in the place. Yes. Agabus. It's cool. Is there, Do it. Is there for you? <laughs> I love this. Yeah. My kid is finally watching the original. My oldest is finally watching the original Star Wars trilogy. And he's like, I can't oh, believe nice. that I waited this long. He just turned 10. So nice. I can't believe I waited this long to watch these. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, I tried to tell you. Anyway. They're good. They're good. Just trust me. They're good. Anyway, it's been a fun week at our house. That's yeah. all I'm saying. See, unfortunately, I did that, I think, too early with mm-hmm. Claire and Nora. Mm-hmm. I showed them too early. And they're like, hmm. Not really. That's not there. I mean, they like it. They do like it. But I think it's more of a we like it because dad likes it. Right. Yeah. Just fine. But it's also like, oh, I wanted you to like it. There's still time. There is time. The Lord works in mysterious ways. True. Yeah. So, Nicole, thank you so much for your support. Thank you. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And if for you're all, listening. If you're listening today. Um, um, but if, if not, I'm sure the Lord will give you this verse in some way. Because it is your first. God will tweet it to you. We will make sure that you get it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're getting closer and closer to our goal of 50 patrons. And hopefully we'll be able to do a listener hang in Washington, D.C. here soon. So keep your sweet ears eyes, open. Eyes, eyes peeled. peeled. Like, eyes peeled. You're not really <laughs> watching us. I, open, plus eyes, eyes peeled. peeled. I, like, I do not want my eyes peeled. No. My sister was like, my sister Alice is like, every saying that has to do with eyes is disgusting. If you think about it literally, yeah. Like, I'll keep an eye on it. Like, mm, okay. <laughs> no. Even if and it's I, just I, one I eye, like you're gonna use one eye, really, like a chameleon. Uh-huh. Just like gonna, no. Just set that right there on yeah. your thing. Ruined me for eyes, really, truly. Yeah. I'm glad they're mostly contained inside our heads. True. We can contain them almost completely. What are we talking about? Not eyes. Oh, I thought we were you... gonna be Samson. You're gonna like pop some eyes out. Pop some eyes out. <laughs> yeah. I love that sound effect. Um 
no, we're not going to do that. We are going to talk about tithing, which is fun, but also because we're doing parties in the Bible. And what maybe folks don't know is that the tithe money, or at least one of the tithes, and again, a tithe. <laughs> there being were many. There were there were a couple. Was spent on parties exclusively on parties. An entire nation gathering ten percent of its produce to throw a party. I'm into this, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. But before we get to the Bible, I was actually wondering, Tori, how 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 were you taught the the tithe, if you will? Oh my God. I, yes, I was taught the tithe. So, and some of this I, I'm, I know I've already talked about on here, but yeah, so I grew up like very charismatic, like Pentecostal, non denominational churches. And so, um, yeah, giving money was very important in those particular places. And it was also like TV preachers were very popular in our home. So, yeah, it was like partnering with God by giving your last. 40 bucks that you actually needed for food or gas money to get to work mm-hmm. to like Mr. Weird TV preacher, God will, God will bless you. Right. And it was always like, if you give 10%, like God will give, give you back a hundredfold or whatever. Right. And so this was a very within like grifter evangelicalism. This is a very important part of the process. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I started tithing off my gross, not my net. Fuck you, Dave Ramsey. When I got my first Dave job, Ramsey, who knows enough about as much about personal finance as he does about the new and old testaments. Truly, throw that out there. Truly. <laughs> yeah. So I got my first job when I, right before I turned 15, turns out you can't have your own money when, even if you have your own job, you can't have your own money. So my mom would like tithe from my measly little paychecks, which I assume in retrospect were probably between like 50 and a hundred bucks during the school year, (laughs) like, you know, 75 and 150 bucks in the summer. So yeah, I was like, it wasn't like I was working a ton or anything, but it was very important that, that we tithed, that we gave 10% of our gross income to Jesus because he really, really, really needed it. And it's like, in retrospect, it was like, we were clearly like very poor. Like this was not, this is not something that we were like hiding really well. It wasn't like this, we're broke, but actually have like a decent standard of living. Like there was none of that going on. And so it's in retrospect, like looking back on it, like, okay, like all these people that we went to church with clearly knew this. And it was just like, well, no, like give, give us your money. Like we gotta, we gotta pay for Audi or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. God will get you. And yeah. that I'm just like, I really do wish that I could get some of my tithe money back, frankly. But you know, this is, this is, this is the inherent problem of cults is like anything you put in is gone forever. You've, you may as well have like lit that money on fire. Yep. So that was my experience. With oh, geez. I will say the one, there were a couple times in ministry where I was close to quitting on the spot. And one of them was I worked at a, I'll just, I'm, I'm like, I'll include the name of the church, but I'm not going to include my role. So if people know me, they'll know exactly who did mm. this. And, mm-hmm. and I don't care, but I was, so I was working at a church plant and this pastor, the lead pastor was up there 
and he was preaching the the tithe and he, he offered a money back guarantee to people. He said, you know, if you tithe to our church for six months or whatever, and if you don't see God work in mysterious ways or whatever, we'll refund your money, you know, uh-huh. which is bullshit. You, there's uh-huh. no way you were going to refund that money. Absolutely not. And you're banking on that. And that, that by itself was bad. But what made me want to quit was there was this woman in the front row. She was um, single mom made so made did not make enough money to qualify for section eight housing so whoa like like barely making it barely Mm -hmm. surviving with this child Mm -hmm. and i'm like watching her face like just drink this in like i don't know if she actually took him up on it but it was just like like it was watching him i'm like watching him take advantage of her right in this moment i was a hair's breadth away from just being like I'm done. I'm walking out. Yeah. Like I, I will not be a part of this. So I ended up leaving there um, soon after that for Mm. different reasons. But there's been a couple other like times and I I had a pastor that was like, you know, yeah, like you need to be tithing. I'm like, like I, I receive like, if we're going to go with this old Testament structure, I'm the Levite here. You're right. (laughs) Like I, I received the tithe, my friend. Mm-hmm. I don't give it. Um, mm-hmm. And we we were we tried to be as generous as we could with our money, but it's like I'm getting yeah, paid totally. much. I'm getting totally. paid. I'm getting paid ten percent of maybe ten percent of these people's income. Yeah. Like God, yeah. Like I'm not not really into this tithing thing. Yeah, I mean tithing was always emphasized growing up as the as the ideal the thing you strive for oh okay and, that makes sense and always for like the local church like you don't have like 10 percent of your money goes to generosity like mm-hmm. you know like because i mean I, I think that'd be great if 10 if people just set aside 10 percent and like gave to people's you know gofundmes and venmos and charitable organizations and yeah you know, help pay for people's rent that'd be great but like oh no 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 like right, the tithe is for the, the tithe is for the church, to go to the church. You know, if you want to be generous on top of that, well, you know, go for it. But then you got to right. get twelve or thirteen percent. So that was yeah, it was always yeah, always on the gross. You know, which I'm like, I remember even just as like a, a kid, like that's too much math, man. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm just gonna look mm-hmm. at my paycheck. God will be okay if I don't look at the little stub and figure out what my like. God's what is my fine. taxable income? Yeah, especially because after you do your taxes, that number is probably going to go down for a lot of... Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. But that's another thing entirely. Gross. So, yeah, it was always emphasized. And, you know, not everybody did it. But I remember even as a pastor, like, I'm theologically trained here. And this isn't adding up. So I don't really see... First off, I don't think I should pay it at all. Mm-hmm. And second, like, I don't even know that this is... It's a doctrine that has been shaped by capitalism to keep churches doors open. And I'm, I would actually be, I would be more comfortable with a pastor saying that Uh just being like, Hey, you got to give and looking at our numbers and looking at our socioeconomic, you know, the people Mm -hmm. that we draw here, you all given five. Actually, if every congregant gave five percent, most churches would be fine. Yeah. If everybody gave two sure. percent, most churches would be fine. But anyway, 
and just being more honest, but rather than like cobbling together this doctrine from financial practices from ancient Israel that didn't have anything to do with money. Like Mm, I'm about mm -hmm. to blow some hearts and minds here, but like the tithe was never money. (laughs) It was never money. It was always food. Jesus, because he was a carpenter, never paid the tithe. Never in his life did he tithe. He paid temple taxes and other things like, he, you know, like he was not exempt from not paying anything to the religious Mm -hmm. establishment. But when it came Mm. to the tithe, never paid it. There's actually debate as whether or not even like any of his disciples paid it because they were fishermen and like fish apparently like came from the abyss, not the land or something. Oh my God. You know? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, But like the tithe was always the produce that came from the the Holy Land. Like not not even not any land. It was just the nation of of Israel at the time. Mm, So like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, God owns everything. So if Israel decided to be a colonizer nation and take over Europe or something like technically that wouldn't. That's Mon- not God's that's land. That's not God's land. That's not the promised land. That's not the promised land. You know. That means we don't have to tithe either. God damn it. Yeah. I have um, never been to Israel. Yeah. No. You know. That's the funny thing. Like, no desire to go to Israel. Like Turkey. There's a yes. lot of biblical history in Turkey. I absolutely fucking want to go there. Greece Israel, and Turkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like for for like the biblical history, even like that shit is so fascinating. But like Israel, no, not really. No, not really. Too touristy. It'd be like going on a cruise. (laughs) I want to go to Beirut. Like if I'm going to go to the Middle East, like catch me in Lebanon. (laughs) Yes. Like I would much rather be with Palestinians. Give me that food, you guys. Like that's what I'm here for. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't, but yeah, just my, my, it's not my vibe, I guess it never has been, but yeah. So that, that's the crazy thing. So like the tide, there were, there were probably three tides ish. I'm not going to go in this. This is the problem with the way the Bible is organized. Like, you know, Western white guys didn't organize it. So it's like, this is all over the place where some of this stuff comes. You know, it makes no sense the way evangelicals interpret it. I just want to throw that out there. So there was the tie that was like for the Levites. Like it was brought right. to all these, you know, cities that the Levites lived in. Um, so that they could eat because so they the, were. The because priests. like God was pretty clear. You y'all get no inheritance. You own no property. <laughs> I don't know why. So like you should tell the TV preachers. It feels anyway. very harsh. Like, and that's the thing too. Like these people that are like putting themselves as like, we are the priests of Jesus or whatever, pay us money. Like, no, like you were paid food because you had no land to grow food on. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, then like a 10th of that will went to the priests that were actually serving in the temple. So this whole, like bring the whole tithe oh, into right. the storehouse, like uh-huh. you physically couldn't like I think the largest room in the temple was like 20 feet by 10 feet you can't bring the, the temple was not the storehouse folks it never was that's talking about something else entirely so like so tithe number one went to these levitical cities so that they could eat 
and also they were they were also to distribute that to the poor as well but it was also like y'all get to eat and also you you know because you basically you are a cast of people a class of people a a tribe of people whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. you live amongst the poor and so you should feed them too Tithe number two, which is my favorite, which is what we're going to read about, is in Deuteronomy chapter 14. This is what it says. This is this fa- this is like fascinating to me. It says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all of your field's produce each year. So again, like a tenth of the produce of the field every year. That's a lot of zucchini. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Um, and then again, this is tithe number two. Eat the tithe of your grain new wine and olive oil and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. So like, okay, was never taught that, that I get to enjoy that I, the lowly Mm -hmm. commoner working at Comp USA at 16 years old, get to enjoy the tithe. But if that place is too, so Again, so tithe number two was to be brought to Jerusalem, typically for festivals, specifically Mm -hmm. for festivals like and so everyone can have as much food as they want at these like three or four main festivals, which is pretty rad. Like imagine if like Fourth of July was a holiday where it's like everyone gets to eat for free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Fourth of July, Christmas and let's say, I don't know, Labor Day, like Mm -hmm. everyone eats for free. Like, that'd be pretty rad, you know, without thought to cost or anything like that, because it's already paid for. So pretty rad. Here's what's interesting to me, too, because this is one of the many, like, bits of evidence that the tithe was always food. Mm -hmm. Because uh, verse 24 says, if that place is too distant and or and slash or would probably be a better way to render it. You have been blessed by the Lord, your God, and cannot carry your tithe because the place the Lord has chosen for his name is so far away, then exchange your tithe for silver. Take the silver with you. Go to the place the Lord your God will choose and use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, and other fermented drink. That other fermented drink is probably code for like really strong drink Mm -hmm. and anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice and do not neglect the Levites living in your towns for they have no allotment or inheritance of their own. Da, 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 da. So like, like that's the thing. Like if, if you can't get the tithe to the place where the tithe is supposed to go, like convert it into silver, bring the silver, but it is never commanded. Then give the silver to the Levites or give whatever. Right. Like it's like it's buy like, yourself some, something nice, buy yourself something nice and party because it's this is what this is for um and again that's not taught nope at all there was probably also a third tithe which was technically only collected every third year so it'd be like oh, right you know we're yeah. up to like 23 percent of your in of your of the increase of your crops and livestock that was specifically for the poor and one of the okay. one of the reasons why they say that this is this was a third tithe because this one was specific to the local town you were in. Mm. So like tithe number one went to the Levites, whatever city they were living in, you would take it to their city. Tithe number two went to Jerusalem ish or wherever they decided to have the festival that year. Slash slashed your mouth. Wherever Burning Man was being taken place <laughs> at that time, you brought That's it That's basically what this shit was. Let's yeah. be honest. But then a third essentially every year was to be kept at your local town for the poor. And 
it lists specifically even strangers living among you. So like illegal immigrants, like they get fed too. <gasps> no. <laughs> yes. It's in the Bible. No, um, so I refuse. like in this communist utopia that God created called Israel. <laughs> Even Israel's the- doing a really shitty job in 2022 of this. For real, I'm just absolutely. Saying. Anyway, moving like, on. If Israel could return to its roots a bit, that would be. That wouldn't suck. Things know. would be better. Well, Tori and I were talking about this on air. Like on paper, ancient Israel is a lot like the United States in the sense that, like, as far as the documentation is concerned, oh, or like sounds the, good. The ideals actually sound pretty good. It's just whether that was actually practiced or not is. No one knows. For debate. Yeah. So yeah, the the tithe is like it's only food. It's only ever food, and there are several of them. So like this is just their tithe. Like let alone like all their taxes and stuff that would have been on top of it, mm-hmm. like Roman taxation, whatever. Right. Like if if you were a farmer in the ancient Near East during the Roman occupation, you're probably being taxed at around forty or fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I understood as well. So yeah, enjoy that, my friends. Don't complain about your taxes. You could be living in the ancient Near East. But Jesus would have been exempt from most of those because he didn't produce food. He was a craftsman. A wandering craftsman who didn't really get to work very frequently. <laughs> no, he was funded. He had a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, truly. So anyway, that's, that's just tithing for me. Tori, would you be okay with this form of tithing? Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm feeling very inspired, actually, thinking about mutual aid and some different ways that like these ideas could could be applied in the present. Because yeah, I think that it's really important to like fundamentally reimagine what the world could look like. Mm -hmm. And so in it like to that end, like this, this specific story to me or like passage, I guess it's not really a story is like really important and really inspiring. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is this is like something that I think is really cool about the Bible. I know we talk shit about like the way we were taught it as children, but like there's also some really kind of subversive ideas, right? And like mm-hmm. ideas that kind of go against the status quo. And like if you can those things, like finding those things in scripture to me is still really fucking cool, despite the fact mm-hmm. that I don't actually believe any of it literally happened. Yeah. Yeah, like, and it's interesting that whenever this was written, like, this is how they were imagining the ideal society working. Like, because right. it even talks yeah. about, like, like if you're able to do this, like, and it actually talks specifically at the end of the part where it's talking about the, the third of the tithe that's supposed to go just specifically to the poor. Like, if you're able to get this done, like, this is how the Lord blesses you. Right. Like, right. You know, this is what's important that the foreigner the stranger the widow Uh the orphan like every downtrodden class that they could imagine at the time right was taken care of and fed yeah i mean it was like you weren't supposed to you weren't supposed to harvest like the corners of your fields yeah you know they're like other people need to eat too yeah and that's that's the wild thing it's that it's probably not too far off to say that in ancient israel they viewed at least food as a right. Mm-hmm. Like every yeah. person living here has a right to food. Shelter, maybe not so much, but there are caves. It's fine. Yeah. And there were cities of refuge. And even just the idea of shelters is very different than versus then, now. Yeah. But but like 
every single person should be food secure. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and for them to put a stake in the ground and saying that's the ideal, whether that happens yeah. or not, like, right. you know, we, we can't really know in a lot of ways, yeah. but like from what we have from the, the record of this people living at this time, that was the ideal. Yeah. And there's like, it's a, it's a social safety net. And it was, and it was done. I mean, yes, it was done by the religious establishment, but religion and government is, it it was the government. (laughs) You you can't parse that shit out. No, you can't. Yeah. I do think that's rad. And I I think, too. and I also think that that can give those of you that maybe have deconstructed your faith, but still have family members or friends that are of a faith tradition that pulls from the Bible, this is an opportunity to be like, this is, this is what God said was good. What do you think about that? Why do you have a problem with it? Why is this a problem to you? And don't answer, like, just phrase it like that and just let, let it sit. And, right. and they won't give you a good answer, but like, just let that little worm do its work. Cause that's what happened to me in a lot of yep. ways. It wasn't, yep. it wasn't that I like, just one day decided it was that these little things just yeah. start worming their way in in a good way. And you're like, wait a second, this is, this is just falling apart. And it's, it, it just, it particularly when it comes to money, I think the church could be, I'm not saying is, or maybe even will be, but, but ideally could be mm-hmm. a place where we could fundamentally start reimagining our economy yeah, and yeah. the way we treat yeah. people. Yes. And it was, not that long ago, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. like, you know, we're talking about like Jimmy Carter, which was not that long ago within the lifetime right. of some of our listeners, at least truly, you know, it, was, it really wasn't until Reagan that a lot of this stuff started like shifting rat, like religious people started shifting right radically towards right asshole conservatism. <laughs> it was uh-huh. always there. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it was never there, but it just it. As far as the religious piece, like we can reimagine the economy and we mm-hmm. can shape things for good. And for those of you that do take the Bible seriously still, and for those of you that maybe don't, but know people that do, I think this is one place where you have a good argument to say, like, maybe Israel, ancient Israel had a right in some ways. And yeah. how would that apply today? And it has nothing to do with the church. Like, again, the temple couldn't hold all the wealth. Right literally could not it wasn't a barn it was not a barn you know like these this is cities and look and local communities banning their precious food together to make sure everyone's taken care of and that that's for the ancient near east five thousand or four thousand years ago that's pretty freaking admirable like yeah so i said freaking it's okay the evangelical comes out sometimes (laughs) it's it's pretty fucking admirable guys so yeah, mm-hmm. don't give your money to the church. Mm-mm. Give it no. to mutual aid organizations yep. that are exactly. going to for people it. that you pass on the road yeah. who need money. Yeah, because they're not housed. I, t- I don't want to put you on the spot, Tori, and so we can take this part out if you want. But okay. what what do you think about giving money to like panhandlers, panhandlers, or folks on the mm-hmm. road? I go back and um, forth on it. I do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear what you thought and then I can share what I think. I mean, personally, I, every time I get paid, I go to the bank and I get a bunch of fives so that I have money specifically to give to people who ask, you know, like the, uh, just because 
you know, where, where I live, especially, even though they're, you know, in some ways, like there are some decent services, like they're just, they're just are not enough places for people to live. Right. There's just not enough housing. That's at the end. And like, I kind of started like, honestly, kind of started like chastising people in my friend group because I'm like, you can't, you cannot buy a bottle of water for a dollar. Like, why are you giving people a dollar? So yeah, I usually, like, I usually keep a bunch of fives in my wallet just because I know that like, there's a shit ton of inequality in my city and it's really fucking hot out because it's summer. And sometimes you just need like, a beer and a pack of smokes because you live outside. So for Mm me, I'm like, whatever you need to do with this $5, like go with God. Like I do not care because it's not, it's, it's not this person's fault that they're not housed, right? Like that's the government's choice. We have enough to house everybody. Like this is not an issue, right? The issue is that we're choosing not to because a bunch of NIMBYs are like my property values. Like I have a right to an appreciating asset. It's like, no, you fucking don't bitch, but whatever. That's a different story because of, because of that, because of those shitty policies from like these NIMBYs in Portland, most of whom are fucking liberal and voted for Biden. People don't, there's just not enough housing because they refuse to let anyone build any housing anywhere because it's like my property values will go down. So to me, um, I feel like as somebody who is housing secure, like I have an obligation to my neighbors to like at least make sure that like they can get a meal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like not like me balling out of control, like handing out hundred dollar bills to everybody, but like you deserve to have lunch if you don't have a place to live. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my take. Yeah. I, for a while, I kind of gave to anyone that would ask and in some ways to like deprogram like because I was raised in a, Ooh, you know, yeah. a very yeah. a very conservative home a very like a very like those people are choosing this mm-hmm. those people are trying right. to steal Made from you choices. they're con men you know like all, or they're just going to use it on drugs or you know like all the all those stereotype bad stereotypes so for a while I was giving to literally anyone that would ask mm-hmm. simply just to kind of deprogram that yeah like because who gives it like they're going to get whatever money they're going to get. Right. Or they're going yeah. to get arrested. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's like almost uh-huh. like a video game. There's like two little tickers that are going off. And yeah. I would almost rather yeah. give them five bucks so that they can like move on with their day and maybe right. not get arrested. Exactly. exactly. Um, versus them begging for people's quarters. And, you know, but. So I kind of do go back and forth because there is a there is, you know, there are people that do work in this area that some and I think they're divided on it as well. Like I've heard people yeah, that are like that work with homeless populations that say, like, it's good. Go ahead and do it. And there are also people that are like, it's bad. You shouldn't. So I think it's a personal choice in some ways. But I tend I to side it has on to do the, with like, people's like lived experience as well. Right. Yeah. If you grew up in poverty, housing insecure, and you saw people using money for drugs, if you saw your parents or your adults using money for drugs that they should have been spending on fucking rent, like, yeah, you're going to feel a way about giving people money, right? And that, that to me, is totally valid. And, like, I I can respect that and still acknowledge that, like, there just are not enough places for people to live that are affordable Mm -hmm. in my community. And, And also, it's, like, for me, it's also, it becomes a dehumanizing thing, too. Like, I'm in my car. You're literally staring at me mm-hmm. like I'm having to actively ignore you. Right. And that right. doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. Like 
to actively ignore a human being, yeah, you know, for my own safety or whatever, when it's like five bucks They're to me is not totally, much. Totally, totally. Um, right. So I go back and, and yeah, th- I think there are valid arguments both way. I do tend to side on the, like, just give them some money, man. Like mm-hmm. if it gets them out of that position quicker and then I feel that's like that's a, that's a net yeah. good. And you can't buy meth for $5. I'm sorry. No, like, like, that's you, not how that works. You can't panhandle enough to, <laughs> to... It's like you're going to steal something. So why don't we just get you a meal? Right. Like I, that's kind of how I think of it too. So like you're, not in you're a desperate, desperate enough situation. to be here. Right. Exactly. Uh huh. I can make uh-huh. you slightly less desperate and maybe you'll get a beer and a smoke or I can make you really desperate. And then we're like in home and we're in trouble. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm right. preventing crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about your it's job. It's almost as if the government our, should be doing it. The but... government could be pooling our resources together to prevent crime in this it way. It seems like, but it seems like there should be some, some entity <laughs> anyway. Some, what if we all just had a, like, what if the, we all just pulled our money and somebody the... like kept some of it and like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And then probably, everyone probably would be got a jet, so. housing secure. Well, thanks everybody for listening for this delightful discussion on the greatest party of all. Which yeah, was, truly. Which was the time. Taking care of <laughs> taking care of poor people and like eating and drinking and maybe getting high. Like, yeah, like, I don't know, like the fact that they had parties multiple times a year where people could just be like, everyone was equal. Yeah. Like, at least as far as their food went. Yep is yep. pretty freaking rad. So thanks everybody for listening. If you would like to contribute to our little podcast, um, patreon.com slash go home Bible. If you can't just share this with a friend, uh, that's, you know, sharing is, is caring and sharing is donating in some ways. So we really appreciate that. If you want to follow us individually, I'm Justin D Gentry on Twitter. Uh, Tori is at Tori glass. Thank you so much for joining us and have a wonderful week. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.